and we're back with episode 15 of the Midnight Kennel podcast. I'm Gina. Hello, people. I'm Robert Ecker, uh, Midnight Kennel. Um, Gina, we're back. At, we're back. We're back at our uh, at our humble, home base. Our humble beginnings. Yeah, uh, we call it the cave. My office here at Midnight Kennel. I've been traveling a lot. Um, I was home for a few days here. Um, got a lot of great hunting in on, uh, I'm trying to think when that was, Thursday, I believe. Um, yeah, or was a Friday? I, I don't remember. But anyway, we, we got into uh, quite a few woodcock. Uh, we had probably 40 birds in the air. Um, we hit, I think, four different covers. Uh, hunted with some uh, good friends and uh, some great dogs and had uh, one of those amazing days that I'll probably remember for a long time. Um, we, we uh, I, I think we harvested um, maybe 18 woodcock. So it was a great day. Uh, um, and speaking of um, great things, um, we just uh, went through our um, all of our podcasts and we have reached well over 3,000 plays already. So I think that's really cool. Um, I wanted to congratulate you because you've been a big part of it. Great job there. Thank Get it, you. Getting them out. Uh, again, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and our YouTube channel is doing very well. Um, we, yeah, we, I think we had 193 subscribers as of this morning. That's good. And, mm-hmm. and I, I, you know, anybody out there listening, if you could uh, subscribe um, to our YouTube channel, that'd be a big help to us. Um, this time of year, we've been posting a lot of great uh, uh, hunting videos on wild birds, which is uh, really neat. There's not, uh, not that much content on the internet for wild birds simply because it's very difficult um to video it is harmed it is hard to film that yeah with wild birds mm-hmm. uh, you know in the thick cover so again uh midnight kennel youtube channel please subscribe that would be great um now today uh, we're getting ready we're waiting for our good friend rich waters should be here shortly uh we're gonna load up and head out to um Marionville, Pennsylvania, uh, for a super prestigious uh, event, the Pennsylvania Grouse Championship. I'm pretty excited. I, I haven't been there uh, for a couple of years. Um, last time I was there, we uh, we we took a runner-up with um, Sterling Worth Jack. But uh, looking forward to going back to Marionville, which is kind of. Uh, my humble beginnings in uh, the cover dog world um, when I started that's was the Mecca and that's where I uh, cut my teeth uh, running uh, running in cover dog trials so we'll be heading out there uh, we did a little training this morning um, with a couple of dogs a couple of new dogs uh, but one great thing we did today was uh, involved you and um, one re- amazing thing amazing thing I'm really really proud of you uh, you shot your first uh, game bird over point bird flying away um, excellent so that was uh, practice because when I get back from Marionville we're gonna actually go out hunting wild birds woodcock pheasants grouse um, so congratulations. What, tell, tell me about it. What did you think about it? It was amazing. I was so <laughs> proud of myself. <laughs> I captured it on video too. 
Yeah, and, it was our last bird of the day that we had. Yeah, a couple of the birds, you know, flushed Went wild. the wrong way. Yeah, or they, they flew the, the wrong way. It happens. Yeah. Uh, one bird got caught up in the air and whatever. One, one of the young dogs busted a bird, which... Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. We, we, you yeah, know, I forgot that. We, we, can't, we can't shoot those. Uh, one bird I'm pretty sure you probably hit, but um, didn't kill it, and it kept flying, you know, way off of the property. So, uh, but when I count it, you bared down and you got it. That so. was a great feeling. That was really cool. <laughs> that's that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people say, "What what do you like about hunting and that?" And and it's 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 just it's an for me it's an indescribable uh, feeling um, when when everything comes together. The dog points. The bird flushes. You, you throw the gun up. It feels right. You and and you shoot and and you take that bird it's just it's almost euphoric for me um and one, one situation happened the other day we were hunting uh we were hunting with uh, boa pineywood uh rich's champion and uh he had a really beautiful point um my, my friend uh brad blanner was videoing and my other friend dave mccarthy uh we we went up to the dog one on each side the bird got up in front of the dog and gave me a shot and just you know everything went great you know the bird got up beautiful i threw the gun up and right when i was ready to shoot uh, this woodcock um, made a hard right behind a, a pretty big pine tree and i just threw the gun up and and pulled the trigger and I couldn't see uh dave i, I asked dave did, did i get it he said i i didn't see the bird once went by in the pine tree you know brad from his angle said oh you know he, he thought i missed and and i i could have easily missed and i said okay i missed but as we always do we always follow a bird up in the direction it went sent Bo up and he only went you know 20 yards if that uh, probably not even that far and locked up on point again and uh we were mostly finding um, resonant birds, uh, but this time of year, you never know, it could be a flight bird, a migrating bird. So sometimes those birds will f- flush and not go very far. So we still didn't know if this was another bird, number one, or the bird that I flushed only went a little bit and, and landed. So we, we approached the point, ready to flush and shoot, and right in front of uh, Bo was um, the woodcock stone cold dead. So um, that's just a, that was a great feeling. Um, but a, a, a really good tip for um, our hunters out there, when, when you flush a bird and shoot, if you pull that trigger, no matter what, even if you're sure you missed, follow the bird up because um a lot of times you know one bb will will catch the bird or you might not see or whatever and and you could you you could get the bird and and you certainly don't want to leave a dead bird um out in the field um you know so always follow up your birds so that that's uh, my hunting tip of the day good tip and thank you for teaching me that this took a while for me to get a hang of it well we we started with the um with the blue rocks and just throwing the gun up and everything um you know i shoot a really light uh 410 Mm -hmm. and uh i have had it cut to fit me and you know you're kind of small like i am so i really think that gun um 
fits you well, and uh, I'll, I'll make a, a comment on air. Um, that's your gun to hunt with. Um, if we go hunting, you use my gun. Okay. Okay. And, and um, the, you know, I don't want to uh, piss off Michael Ecker, my son, but when I pass away, <laughs> I want him to know you get that gun. And it's on record now. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So, um, we, we've just been getting so many questions, um, you know, uh, comments and, and training questions, hunting questions, dog-related questions. Uh, we're going to get right into answering a few of those. Um, you, you know, when we started the podcast, you know, we never knew what what direction we're going to, um, but um, a lot of great dog stories and, and whatnot, um, but the the question part is uh, i think r- really something we should uh, uh consider because a lot of people are um sending in their questions and i, I just can't answer them all uh, but i think uh with you picking a few uh, quality questions on air is is a great uh, great way to approach this i think so too because a lot of people have the same questions um, That's true. We'll yeah. get the same question over and over from a lot of different people. So never be afraid to ask a question because probably there's probably someone out there that's also thinking or has the same question. Absolutely. Absolutely. So this one you just sent me yesterday, I think. So let's okay. start with this one. This is from Nate White, and he said, uh, What should you have with you when picking up your first bird dog? And what should you have at home? So he sounds like when you're picking up a puppy. Yeah, well, I, I honestly, I really think this was covered in episode number one, um, where we talked about uh, you know getting a puppy and and uh, what what you need. Maybe, maybe Nate ha- hasn't listened to all the podcasts, but we'll, we'll go over that again um, because it's it's very um, relevant question. Um, people getting just getting into the. Uh, the game and they're getting their puppy. Uh, basically, it's not so much what what you should have, but what you should be prepared for. Hmm. Um, you want to, you know, if you want to know what you want your dog to do, we talked about this. So, um, if you want to hunt, you know, you want a dog just for hunting and you want it to point and and whatnot, you want to make sure you're getting it from the right kennel. And uh, there, there's, you know, with the internet. Um, there's no reason why you should walk into a dog that's not going to be the type of dog that you want. Um, a lot of guys want a versatile dog. They want to be able to uh, take the dog, you know, dove hunting and have the dog sit there and retrieve doves. And then later in the season, they want to go pheasant hunting with that same dog. Or, you know, maybe they want to walk up uh, wood ducks along a, a river and, uh, you know, they want a dog that will retrieve in the water. Uh, so you want to be specific and know what you want your dog to do. The same as if you're getting in the competitions and, and uh, you know, you, you, you want to run, uh, you know, the horseback circuit in your area. Well, you, you want to try to get a dog that's going to be capable of competing there. So once you find out a good breeder and you, you get your puppy, um, you, you know, one one piece of equipment I think you should have if you're going to make the dog a house dog is, is an airline crate. Um, I, I get a lot of people pulling up to the kennel 
uh, for a training lesson or to drop their dog off and everything and the dog's just bouncing around inside their vehicle mm. um, I think when you travel with a dog it should be confined for safety reasons absolutely um, also that crate you could bring in your house and you could uh, crate train your dog or in other words house break them um, and discipline them with the crate I think confining a dog in, in the crate is uh, the best way to do those things so the crate um, if it's super little eight week old you know a collar uh, might not even be ready for a collar but that is a very simple um, piece of equipment in fact we just did a training lesson today um, with an, an, an Irish setter um, eight months old and the dog did not have a collar on um, they had a, one of these bands that goes around the the, the flank or the, the chest and then you clip on and and the problem with that is uh, it's very hard to control the dog in in the field. Oh, a, just a harness, like with the harness, right? In the bird situation, you've seen us work with the check rope. Yeah. Uh, so you want a good collar with a center uh, center ring on it. Um, that's super important. Um, other than that, um, you you really um, don't need anything when when you pick up your puppy. Paper towels. Uh, paper towels for accidents for sure uh, baby wipes eventually you're going to need the, you know the training equipment like a, a an e-collar a good e-collar and, and and you know a bell and all that advanced mm -hmm. stuff but for for a little puppy i think you show up there with with a crate and if the dog's big enough old enough for a collar a good collar with a center ring and you should be in great shape and a leash and a backup leash because you never know what a puppy is going to chew <laughs> that's true i've been uh, there our our <laughs> dog uh, your aunt kim just just left the the studio so to speak mm -hmm. and uh, she was pretty upset because our house dog um was a bad girl today and uh chewed not annabelle yes annabelle uh <laughs> she was in the house and somehow she got a hold of kim's uh she she sleeps with a mouth uh, piece uh and it's oh. made out of plastic and annabelle destroyed it so we're not happy with annabelle that's today. an expensive mistake annabelle yep yes it is so i would also recommend if you haven't had a puppy in a long time, kind of have a plan about how you're going to discipline your puppy. And if you want to go to any extra, like, um, basic obedience training. Because well, right. sometimes people get rusty, Uncle Robert. Right. And I, and I did mention that in the mm -hmm. first podcast. You know, yeah. socialization is very important, but so is general obedience and discipline and that goes back to the crate you know the, the dog makes you know has an accident in the house you could uh, put it in the crate the dog's you know acting wild or whatever you could put it in the crate so that crate uh, is probably the the most important uh, thing for uh, both discipline um, you know and, and training I agree, especially because we talked about intelligence a lot, especially if you come home and you have a smart puppy, you want to be prepared. and Right. The you know, smarter the puppy, the, the harder. The, <laughs> well, when they're young like that, yeah, they're going to try you, so definitely. Mm -hmm. Yep. So I hope, uh, hope Nate, I hope we, we were on the same page with the question because. Uh, yeah, I, that's a broad question. A very but I broad hope question. I hope we it. answered it. If, if not, Nate could uh, reach out to us mm -hmm. and, and be more specific, but yeah. that was a great question. Great question. And always work on having a positive, happy relationship with your puppy because they might not want to do if what you want them to do if you're not 
best friends. Right. Well. That's important. I don't. I don't think Annabelle and Kim and Kim are best friends right now. Not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> They're gonna have to work on that. Yeah. Next question is from a Chris Leeson. Do you know Chris? I don't. Okay. Good. We have a new listener then. Okay. His question is, in a field trial situation, say your dog points a bird. Um, the dog goes on point, but the handler hasn't called the dog in yet. Well, I think... I, I read the question, and, okay. and it's a little It is little a little confusing. wordy. Yeah, a little wordy. I think what, what Chris is asking, mm-hmm. uh, your dog goes on point. Yeah. Um, this is a field trial Yes. Uh, situation. The dog goes on point, and you're, you're not up to the dog yet. You're still, whatever, 100 yards away or so, and you're going to the dog. And as you're going to the dog, the dog... Leaves point and relocates, self-relocates, points the bird again. Mm-hmm. And now, from that point, now you get up to the dog and everything's handled correctly. You know, you walk in front, flush the mm. bird, shoot the gun. Is that uh, okay? W- would you get ordered up for that? W- you know, or, or is that good That is a good, good question. Or um, it's a great, great question. Hmm. And um, before I answer it, I want to talk about something... Uh, you and I were um, working uh, Sammy the Rockstar today, actually yeah. after you shot your first bird. There was another bird that we know, uh, and this is a liberated bird, uh, a chucker, mm-hmm. uh, flew into a big nasty brush pile. Um, Sammy went over and pointed right where the bird was. Guaranteed, 100%. Now we're training, and we went up there and... Um, I tried flushing, and there was no way the bird was going to fly out of there simply because it's a liberated bird and it was safe in the brush pile. <clears throat> Whereas if it were a grouse, you kick the brush pile, the bird's going to fly out. Well, this bird wasn't coming out of there, mm-hmm. and I couldn't even see it. It was so thick. I couldn't either. No, you just couldn't get in there. So I, I made a video, a training tip video, and the dog did everything correctly. And this situation could happen in a field trial where you walk up and now there's a, a quail. We, we always talk good birds, bad birds. Um, a weak quail or chucker is in that brush pile. He's not coming out. You see him. You call a judge over. There's the bird, judge. Okay, I see it. The judge is going to, if you make an attempt to flush it and it still won't come out of there, he's going to give you credit for the find and he's going to tell you to, you know, shoot your gun and take the dog on. And I said in training, same thing. You know the bird's there, shoot the gun, take the dog on. We had a couple of comments on our Facebook page um, questioning this. Um, where's the reward for the dog? You know, I, I mentioned that shooting the gun was the reward for the dog. The, the difference between a hunting dog and a field trial dog comes down to this. Um, the reward for a hunting dog uh, typically is you flush the bird, you shoot the bird, he goes, gets it, he brings it back, he's a happy dog. Well, um, in the, and we, we train dogs like that, and that's very, very true. But this particular situation was with a field trial dog. Um, in the competitions we do, the dogs are not allowed to retrieve. Um, they, they must stay steady to wing and shot. And you don't actually kill the bird, you just fire a blank gun. 
no birds are killed in the types of field trials that I do. There are field trials where they shoot birds, but this was specifically a field trial uh, where a situation where you don't kill the bird. So the dogs have to be used to sometimes not even seeing the bird flush because uh, a lot of times in a grouse trial, um, a, a grouse might flush 30 yards out in front of the dog and the dog doesn't see the bird. But the judge and the handler saw it or heard it and they're, reward, they're, they're credited with a fine. You shoot your gun, you take the dog on. Um, so some of the people that commented on there, um, I just wanted to try to explain, and I tried to in, in text form on, on my Facebook page, but this is a completely different situation than a hunting dog. And, and, and this, the sport we do isn't for everyone. You know, some people, you know, aren't in the field trials, and that's fine, but in, in a field trial situation, um, that's totally acceptable and, and common. Uh, getting back to um, Chris's question, very similar, um, and, and this is a, a judgment call. Um, again, with wild birds, uh, sometimes, and liberated birds, but more so wild birds, a dog might hit, hit the point, you're still far away, and as you go, that grouse, that pheasant, even that woodcock will move on from where he is. Um, so the dog uh, follows the scent of the bird and relocates and points to bird. Uh, some judges uh, will, will consider this a great thing, uh, a great piece of work. The dog figured it out, relocated the bird. Um, now there's other judges that will look at this as a bad thing. The dog pointed, why is he moving? Um, I, I go back, uh, well, we, we said Rich Waters is coming. Uh, when I first met Rich, um, I was running a dog for him by the name of um, Liz, uh, Class Act Liz. And uh, she had a great performance at the U.S. Complete National Championship one year. Uh, but the judges did not use her. A lot of people in the gallery, uh, myself included, thought she really hit a home run and, and, and won the trial or, or you know, would be in consideration. But she had on one of her finds uh, a covey of quail. We, exactly what uh, Chris is describing, we saw her pointing on a hillside uh, several hundred yards away from us as we were going to her. She, she self-relocated, moved up maybe uh, 30 yards, established point again. When I got to her, there was a covey of quail, about six or eight birds still uh, a good distance out in front of her, and they were obviously on the move. They were you know feeding or moving. I walked in front, flushed the covey, shot the gun, went back to her, and um, you know later on uh, I was told that the, the judge uh, did not like this piece of work because she had established point and should not have moved. So it's a judgment call. Um, other judges might have given her extra credit for that and, and looked at it in a positive way. So um, my take on it is, um, again, it depends. In Chris's scenario, let's say uh, it was a, a single liberated quail. And now we get up to the dog and uh, she's, or he is now right on top of the bird and uh, at a very, very close uh, distance to the bird. I would question that maybe she shouldn't have moved, that the bird didn't move, she had the bird, 
at a, at the right distance to begin with, and now she moved in on the bird, and I might look at it in a in a bad light, or I could look at it like if it was a long distance, and she she pointed, and now the birds ran and went to another bush or whatever and the dog relocated them and pinned them i could look at it in a very positive way so um there's no right or wrong answer and it and it really depends on all this, everything that that actually happened you'd have to see it and uh with experience you know that's why it's very important to get um experienced judges that have hunted a lot and have hunted wild birds because I, I, I always come back to this, even though it's a liberated bird trial, some of the trials we go to, we're trying to simulate hunting wild birds. Um, so, you know, it's, it's a 50-50 question, you know, to answer Chris's question, it could have been good or it could have been bad. I, I don't think in any situation though, myself or a judge should order a dog up for that, but you know, he might not, think it was a good piece of work and he might think it was a really good piece of work so i uh, hope that answered his question uh, again you'd have to actually see the individual situation to make the decision so and thank you chris that was a great uh, great question our last question for the day is from jim boone and he asks, what is the best way to introduce my two German short hair pointers to a hunting bell? Okay. Um, I typically, and did he say, I think he said the dogs were... Two and two and a half. Two and two and a half, yeah. Um, the best way, and it's a little too late for Jim, is, um, you know, we have the little puppies here, uh, uh, Jenny and, and Hank. Hanky, as we call her. But anyway, um, they're only, whatever, 12 weeks old or whatever. The next time we take them out in the field and they're running around, they're going to have a bell on them. Mm -hmm. uh, so when, when you do it, um, <clears throat> excuse me, when they're really young, they just get used to it. In fact, if I took a bell right now and walked through the kennel and rang it, all the dogs would go nuts because they, they associate that with, with um, hunting and, and running in the field. Um, but his and and we, and this happens to us. We'll get a dog in a train, and I don't. Every single one of my training callers has a bell on it, um, so they have to get used to it. And a lot of them have never had a bell on, um, and a lot of dogs will get freaked out by having that ringing right, um, you know, right next to their ear, under their neck, whatever. Uh, what what I like to do in that situation um, is just put a bell on them in the kennel and leave it on there 24 7 and they'll be super freaked out a lot of times and you know they won't want to move or, or whatever but eventually they're going to get hungry uh, and you put the food down they're going to eat and now they hear the ringing while they're eating um, or, or whatever the, whatever exciting situation comes up uh, it's going to um, get their mind off of the bell. So I, I would I would say the, the best thing for him to do is to put the bell on the dog. It, it might be, if it's a house dog, it might be a little annoying hearing the bell ringing in the house all the time. Um, 
if it's a kennel dog, not so much because you can put him out in the kennel and you won't have to hear it. But uh, if the dog's older and he's not comfortable with the bell, that's really the only way I know how to, to get them over it is just to put it on them and leave it on them. Um, it usually doesn't take that long. And then once they're good with it back and forth, you can take it off and then try it out in the field. Um, but pretty simple. Put it on, leave it on, and... Uh, and you know they should uh, they should figure it out. Um, that and eventually it becomes a good sound because they know uh, they're hunting. Right, right, and that that's what I mean. Like you know, even in the house, you can um, give them their favorite toy or something uh, pleasant that they really like, and they're going to start associate you know associating that bell ringing to something good. Um, again, you know, a, a dog bone or, or whatever. whatever uh, a favorite chew toy or whatever um food treat their favorite treat and uh th they'll get over it so i think just be um, a little more patient with that uh jim and uh they should be fine and one one other um trick is uh if you use a midnight kennel bell oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> available here at midnight kennel just uh shoot me a, a, a message and we'll, we'll get a, a, a really good bell off to you and uh, your dog will never have a problem with that. Yeah, it'll be a much smoother process. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> okay, well, I think we're almost done here for the day. Good we're, talk. We're going to wrap it up, I guess. Mm -hmm. um, we have, uh, when we're done here, I'm going to, you shot your first bird and I'm going to teach you how to clean your first bird because you want to eat your first bird. I'm going right home to cook it. I'm starving. <laughs> I'll give you a, well, it's, it's a chucker. Um, mm -hmm. It's going to be white breast meat, um, very mild, uh, you know, not. Yeah, pheasants and uh, grouse have a nutty taste. Pheasants have kind of a, a darker meat, a, a, a gamier taste. Woodcock are a, a whole nother um, uh, level. Um, but chucker is going to be really uh, plain. You could pretty much do it any way you would do a chicken breast. Mm -hmm. So um, we'll, we'll get on that. And then, uh, like I said, I'll be heading out to Marionville, Pennsylvania. And I'm looking forward to... Uh, our next podcast, um, I'll be out there, and we're going to do it uh, on location from uh, the historic Kelly Hotel in Marionville, wow. Pennsylvania. I'm looking forward to seeing some friends I have out there. Uh, Rick Harp, who uh, you know, he, he has our dog uh, Ramsey. We'll get mm. to see him. Bill Hankey, who years ago, uh, you, you, you might or might not know this, he used to actually uh, work for me. No, um, I did not know yeah, that. Yeah, actually, where we're sitting was was uh, I had an apartment here, and and uh, and Bill oh, lived yeah. here and, and helped me with the dogs and and drove me all over the country. Uh, back in the day, I used to go out to Wisconsin and uh, everywhere in between, and and Bill was uh, a great friend and um, uh, helped me helped me there. So looking forward to that, and uh, of course seeing Rich. Uh, haven't seen Rich in a while. That'll be a lot of fun. Uh, uh, Joe Camisa um, will be out there. He's always uh, always been very hospitable, and uh, uh, he's a great cook. And uh, maybe we'll get to try some of his uh, great uh, Italian dishes. In fact, I think I think he's making some manicotti for me. Wow! Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. So, uh, big week coming up, um, and uh, it was a lot of fun today out in the field with you. Uh, teaching you uh, great day game. yeah so 
we'll uh, we'll be back at it in a few days. All right. All right. Well, take care, everyone. Mm-hmm.